It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. You can email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com and call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. I'm going to dive into the Miami Heat game, which tips off tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. A lot to get to with this game. What to watch for, keys to the game, and injury updates. But, you know, the, the Heat come into this game 2-3, and three, so do the Thunder. The Thunder have won seven of their last nine meetings against the Miami Heat and are 14-10 and 10 overall against Miami since the move to Oklahoma City. Now, in this game, the Thunder will be without Ty Jerome, of course, who is still in Oklahoma City on a return-to-play program with that left ankle sprain. I wonder if him being in Oklahoma City rolls him out for this entire road trip. You would imagine it would roll him out, as this this is game two of a five-game road trip for Oklahoma City. Of course, there's ways for NBA players and NBA organizations to make special occasions and get a flight to wherever their game will be whenever he's healthy. But with this COVID and traveling parties and things like that, uh, maybe this would rule Ty Jerome out for the entire length of the road trip, but we at least know he is for sure out against the Miami Heat, according to Sunday afternoon's injury report. Now, of course, Trevor Reza is also out. He's not with the team. What we did learn on Sunday was that first-round pick Alexei Pukashevsky is going to be out for this game in concussion protocol after sustaining an injury in practice. And when you get into that concussion protocol, it could take you out for a whole week. Who knows how long that Poku will be out for. One benefit to the schedule for Oklahoma City is that for this week, they're playing every other day. There is no back-to-back this week for Oklahoma City, so that does give him more time to recover and clear protocol Uh, without missing games on those off days. So we'll see just the amount of time that Poku's out for, but he will be out against Miami. Uh, Now for the Miami Heat, Avery Bradley is very questionable, which is a big deal. One of the best defenders that the Heat have is now questionable. Who knows if he'll play or not. The Thunder projected starters, you've got Shea, you've got Hill, you've got Dort, Baisley, Horford. For the Heat, last game they started Tether Hero, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Iggy, Bam. The biggest thing to watch for in this game is who fills in for Poku in the rotation. I mean, this is 15 and 19 minutes a night that you're missing out on now. And 
who gets those minutes. It could be Isaiah Roby, who had that breakout last week against Orlando and then did not get to play on Saturday. He just was not in the rotation Saturday. It could be that you see more Kendrick Williams minutes. It could be that you see Darius Miller play his Thunder debut. We did not see him all preseason as he rehabs from that Achilles injury. He is healthy now. He is no longer on the injury reports. He's available. He just has not gotten into Mark's rotation. And then also there's still Justin Jackson, who you can throw in there at that three spot uh, to make up some of those Poku minutes, who got the start whenever the Thunder were without Hill, uh, Horford and Hill in that back-to-back against Orlando on uh, last Tuesday. So figuring out what this team does rotationally will be a big deal. Honestly, if I was the coach, I look at this team and I just see how well the the Heat can shoot the basketball. And at any given moment, Duncan Robinson can go get you five threes in a row. Tyler Hero can light you up from beyond the arc. Jimmy Butler can make things happen. I look at how good the Heat shoot the three ball, and I would be inclined to go Darius Miller here into the rotation for Poku in this specific game. First of all, to make his Thunder debut and see what he has. you got to see a starting point for Darius Miller. But if he can be the kind of player he was prior to the injury, he's going to knock down those three-point shots, which would keep you close in this game against Miami. And Miami is not unbeatable. They're off to a 2-3 and three start. They've lost games to Orlando. Uh, they, they are struggling a little bit here to start the season, understandably so, as they went to the NBA Finals in the bubble. But to me, I think that Darius Miller is one of the most intriguing options. I also love Isaiah Roby. As you know, that I am firmly on Isaiah Roby Island. I think that he can be a rotational piece, at least for this team and with a current roster construction. Not sure why he did not play against Orlando on Saturday, but he had played on Tuesday and on New Year's Eve on Thursday. So keeping an eye on where Isaiah Roby's at in the rotation in this one, especially when you're down a guy who gets 15, 16, 19 minutes a night, uh, anywhere in that realm uh, for his NBA career so far, he's been a firm part of this rotation. You're going to need to see someone step up. You could see it be Roby Miller and the like. I would be shocked if it's going to be Kendrick Williams. He is an option. Kendrick Williams is, but I feel like you've kind of maximized the Kenny Hustle minutes already. Like you cannot put him on the floor too often because he doesn't do all that much for you. He gives you great hustle. He tries really hard defensively. He spaces the floor decently well, but does not really follow through with the shot. He's just kind of open over there all the time. And you give him 11 minutes. Do you really want to give Kendrick Williams any more than 11 minutes a night? To me, I wouldn't do that. So that takes him off the board. Now we're back to Roby and Miller. And then you also have Justin Jackson. Now, on New Year's Eve, Josh Hall, the two-way player that is a very, very intriguing prospect that does a lot of things well, that got a first-round grade and elected to forego college and goes undrafted and has parallels to what Lou Dort could be in the sense of an undrafted guy that legitimately has a chance to stick around in this league. You gave him rotational-like minutes and, and hefty minutes against the Pelicans for his first real NBA action. Could you go back to that well? Could you could you go the two-way route and just give him a shot due to Poku going down when you normally do use Poku at that small forward position right now? As we've heard veterans like Mike Muscala talk about how Josh Hall's prepared, he's ready, he is comfortable. If all those things are true, at that point you'd be supplementing one project prospect with Poku, one high upside guy that has a extremely low floor right now for this season with another. And you'd be able to continue 
that development. Whereas with Justin Jackson, I would consider him a minutes eater, right? Like in baseball, you have those guys in your bullpen that are just simply going out there to eat innings. They're not actually a part of your future or your core or your plan or or even meaningful in any way other than to get you from one game to the other. That's what I view Justin Jackson as, as a minutes eater for this team and in the NBA for his NBA career. He's just going to be somebody who can get you some minutes whenever you need it. And the Thunder need it right now with the guy injured. But is that more valuable in this specific season than whatever Josh Hall can do off the bench? So that's another name you can throw into the hat tonight. Now, Hamadou Diallo will be another player relied on on that second unit as he has been all season long. And I think that losing a party rotation already in Poku might be bad for him and Diallo, who has been playing out of sorts a little bit, who has been trying to do too much out there, who is single-handedly causing us all to play the Thunder drinking game every time that he goes up there and misses his own layup and then tips it in himself. And if we ever need to see him shoot a jump shot again, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's already trying his hardest. you got to give him credit there. But he's not very good and getting a ton of minutes. I wonder if he looks at this and he's taken a lot of pride Diallo has in being the leader of the second unit and being this guy, the most tenured Thunder player on the roster right now for the Thunder. He's taken a lot of pride in all of that. And I wonder if as he sees a guy go down on his group, right, on his shift, this this secondary unit, does he try to elevate his own game even more? Which causes him to play even more out of control than he already is, which causes you to have just an awful him to Diallo game. Which We've gotten some bad moments from Diallo, right? You've gotten some bad moments for sure that you can point to, but you have not had that bad Diallo game. From start to finish, he's just awful, which we've seen in his past before. He's calmed down a little bit, which, believe it or not, he has. If you haven't been watching him his his whole career, it certainly does not look like it, but he's calmed down a little bit. But he's still doing too much and kind of too amped up. And I thought that Saturday you started to see that him turn the corner a bit on, on, on slowing down. But does that all reverse course as Poku goes down and he feels the need to pick up even more slack? We've still got a lot to talk about. We've got to talk about Tail Maldon. We've got to talk about Shea, Baisley, and all that fun stuff, including keys to this game. But I do want to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football season is in full swing with the NFL as they head into their postseason. The NFL wildcard weekend is this weekend. So go over to betonline.ag and place your bets today. Also, do some future bets. Bet on who's going to win the entire thing in the NFL. Bet on the Super Bowl matchup in the NFL. And of course, you can also bet game to game on the NBA, college hoops, all of that fun stuff, and the college football national title game. Hear what I have to say about this Miami Heat versus Thunder game betting-wise at the end of this podcast. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On. Get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. You're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportbook experts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. 
or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. This is the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. When this show is over, check out Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It is time now for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want to make more money and get more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are betting on college hoops, football, and the NBA with locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast from. There's a great new show on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're already making me some money over at Locked On Bets. So I want to talk now about the seat game some more and talk about another thing to watch for, which is Teo Malvon. Can he build on that success that he had on Saturday? We've seen Teo Malvon gave us really high highs, right? As Thunder fans, you look at Teo Maldon and you can see the potential. You can see the flash. You can see why Teo Maldon had first-round talent coming into this draft, but somehow fell to pick 34 via the whole not wanting to be drafted and stashed and things of that nature. Now, with Maldon, he showed flashes against the Spurs in that first preseason game. He showed you a huge flash on Saturday against the Magic. Can he build on that? And you've you've heard these veterans like Al Horford and Mike Muscala talk about how with Teo, it just comes with comfortability and that each game that goes by, he's getting more and more comfortable. He's really good at preparation for each game. He's really mature and that it just takes time to grow into the kind of NBA player he needs to be. And are we seeing him become and, and, and feel more comfortable at the NBA level? Can he duplicate it night to night, right? That's the next step. The first step is showing the flashes. The next step is being consistent. Can he do that on Monday night against the Miami Heat? I also want to see Teo Maldon play more with the starters. I get it. He's a valuable piece of the bench. But I think that you could see more of those flashes if you let Teo Maldon play with Shea and Dort and Baisley and Muscala. They used that specific lineup of Shea, uh, Maldon, uh, Dort, Baisley, Muscala. They used that lineup at the 7 12 mark of the fourth quarter on, on Saturday. It was a really good lineup, I thought. I want to see Tail get more opportunities with better players around him to elevate his own game. I think he can do it. I think it'll be fun to watch him all season long and in this game in particular. Now, also keep an eye on Shea's shot attempts. Shea has been anywhere from 10 shot attempts to 17 shot attempts per game. And you're trying to find that right balance. Because with Shea, he's making some incredible reads. He's making some really great decisions. And it is few and far between the amount of times that you can look at what Shea is doing and just scratch your head or or say, okay, that was a mistake on, on that decision there. He's making the right calls. But on this, at the same time, on the same token, while he's making the correct calls, there's also some opportunities for him to be more aggressive and assertive with his shot attempts and, and go and try to initiate the offense by himself that he does not quite take advantage of. 
And so I think for him, finding that balance of, okay, when can I make the extra pass and when does it need to be all on me? When does it need to be where I'm the one taking over this game? And I don't want to say that he's been too passive or anything like that, but just it'll be interesting to see what kind of shot attempts he puts up throughout the rest of this season. Because I've been thoroughly impressed with Shea, the point guard this year. He is limiting turnovers the best he can. The decision-making, again, has almost been flawless. And if you can mix that with more assertiveness offensively, uh, getting his own shots, you've unlocked another level of him as a player. I think that any questions coming into the year, which there were questions about this, if he can be a lead point guard and the point guard of the future, should be out the window already, that he can be the point guard of the future. He can also be a really good number two, but he can be the point guard of the future. He has this ability in him, and we're finally seeing it on display. He has not had that, that opportunity his entire NBA career thus far. So watching his shot attempts and watching how he picks his spots game to game is going to be so interesting as teams really try to take him away. I've said it before on this podcast that the way the teams are defending Shea reminds me of when the other football team has a really good receiver. Like whenever there's Tyreek Hill over there and you know what? You're throwing your arms up in the air as head coach and just saying, okay, we're going to bracket Tyreek Hill. Any other receiver can beat us, but not Tyreek Hill. And it seems like that's what they're doing to Shea. They're trying to take him away at will and just saying, okay, we, we've gotten Shea taken away. Let Al Horford try to beat us. And then against the Magic, he does. He hits that dagger three. But can he consistently do that? And, and do the Thunder have the players around Shea to consistently win right now? You don't think so. So how he continues to respond to defenses, trying to take away his offense, will be crucial. And that's why I think that Shea sharing the floor with Tail Maldon could be really good for this offense because Shea has been good off the ball. And he's proven he can be good off the ball. And if Tail Maldon can take that pressure off him as a ball handler, it could really get Shea's offense going point production-wise. Not to say that Shea's been bad in the point production category. I'm just saying, in general, these are ways to improve what's already good for Oklahoma City and good for Shea. But for Oklahoma City, I'm so interested in seeing how their defense will fare in this game. Because their interior defense has been awful to this point in the season. They simply do not have the bodies to keep teams out of the paint. And Bam presents an interesting option at that five position. But also the Heat have a ton of shooters. So the Heat can spread you out. How do the Thunder combat that with these lineups that each team will put out on the floor? And to the point about the defense, how close can this game even be? Look, I know that the Heat come into this game with some bad losses. You know, you can count that Magic game as a bad loss for Miami. You can say the 2-3 and three record is not where they want it to be, obviously, as the defending Eastern Conference champions. But they're still just that. They are still the defending Eastern Conference champions. And how competitive can Oklahoma City be against them? Because the injury report says... They're going to have Jimmy Butler. They're going to have Bam Adebayo. The only piece that they might be missing is Avery Bradley. If that is the case, this could be a very good measuring stick game. Second night on the road trip in Miami against the Eastern Conference champions, against a team that should finish you know, top five at worst in the East when the season comes to an end. Seeing where you stack up against them could be huge for Oklahoma City in this whole too good to tank narrative, which we'll talk more about on the other side. We also have to talk about Darius Baisley and George Hill, who could play big roles 
in this game tonight against the Miami Heat. But you should go check out BuiltBar.com because Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com has six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They have amazing flavors. They're soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. They are great for the conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Once again, check them out. BillPar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. I personally love the cookies and cream option, and they're very filling, folks. I'm not kidding you. You can even use these as a meal replacement if you wanted to use them as like breakfast or something. They can simply start your day at BillPar.com. Use promo code locked on, get 20% off of that next order. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. This is Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. On tomorrow's show, we're going to recap this Miami Heat game. On Wednesday's show, we're going to have a special edition of Stockwatch Friday, where we have a Stockwatch Wednesday. And throughout the week, we'll be checking in on things like how each player on the team is performing. And we're going to dive into a little college basketball for the first time all year as the eye is still in the prize of getting a top pick and getting Cade Cunningham. But for this Miami Heat game, I want to talk about that narrative there, about Cade Cunningham and this team being too good to tank, right? First of all, the Thunder have two wins on the year. And I like to use the say it out loud test. And if, if you think that this team is too good to tank, just say out loud what they've accomplished. They have beaten... The Charlotte Hornets, who are 2-4, and four, and everyone thinks that the absolute ceiling for the Charlotte Hornets is that they can be a play-in team in the Eastern Conference. They have beaten the Orlando Magic, who everyone thinks that the absolute ceiling of the Orlando Magic is that 8th seed, which again is in the play-in in the Eastern Conference. They've kept it very competitive with the Utah Jazz, who was a good competitive loss because the Jazz, I think, will be like a top four seed in the Western Conference. And then they got blown out by the New Orleans Pelicans and just had no answer in any of these games for any team that poses a semblance of an inside threat, an interior threat. And on this Thunder team, 
you have two veterans who are very important to your production that can't play back-to-backs in a season in which you're going to be having a condensed schedule and playing a lot of back-to-backs, you are absolutely going to trade George Hill at the deadline, taking away one of your best scores and best offensive weapons. You have a bunch of young players you're relying on that can easily go into a slump, as we saw Darius Baisley have a very bad week last week before breaking out on Saturday against Orlando. And if you think teams are tough defending Shea right now, imagine them defending Shea when George Hill's not on the roster. So is this team too good to tank? It's only been five games. I cannot give you the definitive answer, but I just laid it out their whole season for you so you can make up your own mind. I will say we will finally put this question to rest this month because this month is put up or shut up time. If you think this team can truly go for it, they have to take on the Heat on the road, the Pelicans on the road, the Knicks on the road, and the Nets on the road. Then they have to play the Spurs, the Lakers, the Bulls, the 76ers, and at the Nuggets. Then you'll play the Clippers in L.A. twice, but an off day between those two games. Now, in the second game at the Clippers, you take on Portland on the second half of a back-to-back where you'd imagine that you don't have George Hill or Al Horford, and then you travel to Phoenix Tech on the Suns, and then you come back home and welcome back in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So if they can survive this month and have a really competitive record, then maybe we can have this conversation on a grander scale if this team is too good to tank. Until then, the tanking is going as smooth as possible, right? It is going according to plan, where you're still invested in this team, you're still questioning if this team can be a good team, but they're still losing games, folks. But how can they win this game against Miami? How can they start this month off right and continue the hot streak they're on right now to that win against the Magic? How can they turn that into two wins and then get some momentum on this road trip? Well, Darius Baisley has to get into an offensive groove. Darius Baisley had his first really good game offensively this season against Orlando on Saturday. He has been really good defensively all year. He has been a good rebounder all year. But you need to see him get into an offensive groove here for the Thunder offense to take over and get to the point where they can win these games. And then George Hill. George Hill lifted this team in that third quarter for Oklahoma City against Orlando. He's got to do that again against Miami. You're going to need to, uh, you know, you're going to need three-point shots to fall to keep up with Miami, and George Hill is your best bet. So George Hill will be a big deal in this game. Again, you've got to make your shots from three. You've got to close out on shooters because Miami can just dominate you. And for the bet of the game, brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag, the spread right now is Oklahoma City plus eight. Now, that's a lot of points for a Heat team that's not exactly dominant right now. And for a Thunder team that has kept games surprisingly close. I know you're without Ty Jerome and Poku. I still like Oklahoma City plus eight. I'll take Oklahoma City plus eight. For the Thunder Moneyball of the game, which I am over, I've not gotten a single Thunder Moneyball correct this season. I'm going to go with George Hill to lead the Thunder in three-pointers in this game. Let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S what your bet of the game is and what your Thunder Moneyball prediction is for this game. Let me know what you're most excited to watch for in this game against the Miami Heat. And well, of course, we're going to be live tweeting the game over there at Rylan underscore Styles. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to be back tomorrow to recap this Miami Heat contest. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from.
So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.